Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Or that you just can't seem to get it right. You're using an old password, trying to access a fresh move of God. The Lord said through intimacy with him, communication is intimacy. Ask anybody who has a wonderful marriage, they'll tell you, without communication, that marriage falls. You got to talk to one another. You got to talk. The Lord said, the intimacy, be intimate with me. Talk to me. Speak to the rock. And it's going to bring forth everything that you need. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center, located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website, at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, I want to welcome everybody here today, of course, and welcome also our online community that are gathering from all around the world. Hi, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Kingdom Rock, let us welcome our online community. If you will, please, by a, by a hand of applause. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to our services here. We know that you're not here by accident or coincidence, but the Lord does have a rich and relevant word that will change your life. I want to give you the opportunity as well this week to give into the ministry. Uh, Just go to our website at kingdomrock.org and there you'll find a give button and you can give anything you want. Give a dollar. That's fine. However, the Lord leads you to give. There's a blessing in giving to the place where you have been receiving. Let me tell you, there's a blessing there. And I want you to come in under the blessing of the Lord. Amen. All right. So today we're going to continue in the series entitled Fake Church. Fake Church. You don't want to be a part of the fake church. Not especially in this time and hour in which we're living at this very moment. You need to be real. Now, we've been starting here uh, in 2 Timothy. We're going to go back there again. 2 Timothy, the third chapter. Let's look at verse number five. We're going to zoom on down to verse five. 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse five. And as we said before on many occasions, that danger is coming and actually is here. The world is under judgment even at this very moment. You realize that, right? If you haven't, you need to realize it now that we're living in the last days at this very moment. Whether the last days will last Another five years, 10 years, 50 years, I don't know. But this means it is the last portion of the last part of it before the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. So before the Lord returns for his church, there's going to be calamity. There's going to be destruction. But here's the thing. You don't have to be a part of that. You don't have to be a part of that. Listen to one of the. Um, characteristics of the last days and what will happen there in 2 Timothy, the third chapter, verse number five, it says, uh, it's talking about people. It says they will act religious, but they will reject the power that can make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Those who will be phony fakes, those who will know the correct Christianese, you know, oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. They may be able to speak the language. But they are as fake, they are as fake as a $3 bill. I used to say $2 bill in Gladys, but there's actually $2 bills right now, so can't say them anymore. All right, God knows who is his. And you want to be on the Lord's side, believe me. 
So there are some things that God has given me to give you today to help prepare us to be ready, to help prepare us to be ready. So again, the world is under judgment and there's destruction in the air. And we as the church have to examine ourselves. Let's go back to Isaiah, Isaiah 8, Isaiah, the eighth chapter, Isaiah 8. And let's look again at um, these verses and we're going to glean from here once again. Isaiah 8, verses 11 through 14 says this. The Lord has given me a strong warning not to think like everyone else does. He said, don't call everything a conspiracy like they do and don't live in dread of what frightens them. Again, as we've said before, you don't need to be living in the same fear that the world has because they don't have a covenant with God. You do. They don't know him, but you know him. So you don't need to have their fear. Verse 13 says, and we're really going to look at this today. So please hear this. 13 says, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. He is the one uh, who should make you tremble. He will keep you safe. First part 14, he will keep you safe. That should be also your confession. God keeps me safe. Now, remember, while this judgment is going on, he is the one who keeps you safe. Say with me, the Lord of heaven's armies keeps me safe. All right. Now, there's a qualifier there, qualifier in 13. We're going to talk about that. Let's go ahead and finish reading verse 14. It says he will keep you safe. But to Israel and Judah, he will be a stone that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall and for the people of Jerusalem, he will be a trap and a snare. We've said before that during this time period, Judah, Jerusalem, Israel had turned their backs on the Lord completely. As a matter of fact, they had began, begun to erect uh, altars or uh, idols in the house of the Lord. Can you believe that? In the temple of God. They were so bold in their sin that they put an idol or an altar to another God in the house of God. So bold. And there was a place in Israel where they would actually go a big burning fire, where they would actually go and sacrifice their children, sacrifice their sons and daughters in this fire uh, to appease uh, the false God Baal, this demonic power. They were so wrapped up into this. And there, there was only one way to shake them out of that stupor, and that was to bring judgment. That was to bring uh, some form of trouble or calamity their way so they can be shaken out of it. So trouble, again, as we said last week, trouble can be a good thing when it shakes you out of your stupor. Are you hearing? So that's why he says, uh, he said, Lord said, I'm going to be a stumbling block to them. I'm going to be a trap to them. Because they've turned their backs to me. But notice 13 again. The Lord says, um, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. Make God holy in your life. Now, let's read that same verse out of the King James Version. Isaiah uh, 8, 13 says this out of the King James. It says, sanctify the Lord of hosts himself and let him be your fear let him be your dread. Now let's talk about sanctify. Sanctify means to, to consecrate, to prepare, 
to be holy. It means to separate, to regard or treat as sacred, as sacred. In the last days, you will find that many that call on the name of the Lord, many that say that they are religious, have not made God sacred in their lives. He has become common. He has become ordinary. I'm going to show you this because you don't want this in your life. The Bible says, make the Lord sacred in your life. Make him holy. Give him his rightful place. God should be holy in your life. Holy in your life. He, we should sanctify the Lord of hosts in our lives, within us. Sanctify him. He should be our fear or our dread. In other words, he's the one who is deserving of our respect, of our honor. Honor him. Honor him. And that was the fault of Israel at this time. Judah, Jerusalem, they did not honor the Lord. They did not sanctify him. They put him to the side. They put him away. And that's what brought calamity and destruction their way. Listen to what First uh, Peter, the third chapter says. First Peter, the third chapter, verse 15. In the New Testament, the Bible says, but sanctify the Lord God in your what? In your hearts. Hearts also meaning life. Sanctify the Lord in your hearts or your life. And be ready always to give an answer to every man that, that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. That is with gentle, be gentle. As they ask you, why are you sanctifying the Lord in your life? Why are you living holy? Why are you doing that? The Lord says, be ready uh, to give them an answer gently and do it respectfully as well. All right. Now, the Lord is honored in heaven. I want you to see this honor that God gets in heaven. All right. Because the Lord Jesus said, remember, he said uh, that we should pray our father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come that will be done in earth as it is in heaven. So the same activity that is happening in heaven, the father wants that to happen in us in the earth today. Listen to the activity that's going on in heaven right now. In Revelation, the fourth chapter, Revelation four. And uh, Revelation four, verse eight and uh, through 11. And it says, and the four beasts had uh, each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within and they rest not day and night saying what? Holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. Let's say that. Let's say that. Ready? Let's go. Holy, holy, holy Lord God almighty, which was and is and is to come. That is, every time they saw the Lord, they could not help but say, holy, 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 holy. Oh, they began to magnify the Lord when they saw who he was. They saw his majesty. They saw his wonder, his awesome power. They sanctified him. And the Bible says in verse number nine, it says, and, and when those beasts um, give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, the four and 20 elders fell or rather fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying what? 
Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power. For thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. So the Lord is receiving glory. He's receiving honor because he is the great king. He is the one true living God. And in heaven they worship him. And they honor him. But in earth, we've got some problems. We've got problems. Let me show you a good example of this in the book of Numbers. Numbers, the 20th chapter. As the Lord rescued his people, Israel, as he rescued the Hebrews from uh, the house of bondage, from Egypt, he brought them out by his powerful hand. And he brought them to a place and uh, they had no water. This is actually the second place. Let's look at here. Let's look at this. In, in Numbers, the 20th chapter, verse 8 through 13, it says this. The Lord tells Moses, as the people were, were arguing with God, why don't we have any water to drink? And the Lord begins to give Moses an answer. He says, take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother. Now notice it says, gather the assembly together. Gather all the people together is very important. He says, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water. And thou shalt uh, bring forth to them water out of the rock, so that so thou shalt give the congregation and their beast drink. All right. So Moses began to do this. Now listen. God told Moses, I want you to speak to the rock, speak to the rock. And this rock is going to bring forth water. Now, that's important because the first time this happened in Exodus, the 17th chapter, God told Moses to strike the rock, strike the rock. But he was telling Moses to do something different here because the striking of the rock represented the law, it represented work. You're going to do work in order to receive my goodness. You're going to do work in order to receive my favor, my honor, in order to receive my resources. You're going to work for it. You're going to strike this. But now he is representing or, or he's giving him another example to give before the people. He's telling them now, telling Moses now just to speak to it, representing grace, blessings and favor without your labor. This is the labor of the Lord. This is the dispensation of grace. The first time God tells Moses to bring the elders with you and let the elders see what you're going to do. And this time he says, bring the entire congregation. Let them see an example of grace. This is what Jesus is going to do because the rock here is Christ. The rock is Christ. First, Jesus was struck but after he was struck, grace came forth. And now to access the grace of God in your life, you're not striking, you're not working, you're not laboring. Now you're simply speaking to the Lord. Speaking talks about an intimate relationship with God. The Lord says, just talk to me now and I'll give you what you need. But we're stuck with that old password, trying to strike and labor. I got to pray. I got to fast. I got to come to church. I got to do all these things. I got to give my tithe. I got to give my offering. I got to be good to people. Striking, 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 striking. When the Lord said, just sit there and talk to me. Have an intimate relationship with me. And I'll give you what you need. 
They were stuck trying to access the father with an old password. The Lord said, hey, this is what you do. I want you to speak to the rock. If you find that you're really laboring in life, that you find that you that you can't live a perfect life or that you just can't seem to get it right. You're using an old password trying to access a fresh move of God. The Lord said through intimacy with him, communication is intimacy. Ask anybody who has a wonderful marriage. They'll tell you without communication, that marriage falls. You got to talk to one another. You got to talk. The Lord said the intimacy, be intimate with me. Talk to me. Speak to the rock. And it's going to bring forth everything that you need. Well, verse nine says, and Moses took the rod um, from before the Lord as, as he commanded him. And verse 10, and Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation uh, together before the rock and before the rock. And he said unto them, hear now, ye rebels. So now Moses is getting in the flesh, right? You can't access the glory of God in your flesh. And he says, here now, you rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? He is dishonoring God. He's not sanctifying God. Verse 11 says, and Moses lifted up his hand and with his rod, he did what? He smote the rock twice. In Exodus, the 17th chapter, Moses, the Lord told him to strike the rock, but he only had to do it one time. Moses thought he was still in the old. It didn't, it's supposed to work now. God didn't let it work. He allowed it to, he allowed water to come out for his name's sake. For his name's sake, he allowed water to come out on the second striking. It says in verse 11, and Moses lifted up his hand and, and with the rod, he smote the rock twice and the water came out abundantly. And the congregation drank and their beasts also. But look at verse 12. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, because ye believe me not to do what? To sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Here it is. Therefore, ye shall not bring the congregation into the land which I have given them. You're not going to enter in. Why? Because you did not sanctify me in your life. You did not make me holy before this congregation. Verse 13 says, uh, this is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord and he was sanctified in them. In other words, God said, you didn't bring me glory. I'm going to do it myself. But he gave Moses the, and Aaron the opportunity to sanctify him in the eyes of the people. And they just wouldn't do it. In the book of Malachi, um, Malachi, the first chapter, we get to look at it. But it says here that the priests did not honor the Lord. They were offering the Lord contemptible things, sacrifices that were blind and, and lame and that were diseased. And God said, he said, I'm a great king. I am father. Where is my honor? Where is my fear? But you dishonor me. They did not sanctify the Lord. Church, I'm telling you, we have to sanctify the Lord in our lives. In Malachi, the first chapter, again, let's look at verse number 11. Let me show you this. He says, but my name, Malachi 1, verse 11. He says, but my name is honored 
by people of other nations from morning till night. All around the world, they offer sweet incense and pure offerings in honor of my name. For my name is great among the nations, says the Lord of so is the Lord of heaven's armies. Again, he wants glory, he wants honor. God must be sanctified in your life. And a part of the sanctification has to do with obedience. We must make the Lord holy and special in our lives. We should not treat him as common or ordinary. We must regard him above all others. Now, there's another way that we have been guilty. Probably 99.999% of everybody in this room have been guilty of this next one. And because of this next thing that I'm about to show you, you have a potential of being robbed by the blessings of God in your life. You've allowed something to come in your life because of this, unaware what has happened. But if you hear now, and if you repent, you're going to see a flood of blessings begin to rain down in your life. And the things that were held up being, begin to be revealed in you. Are you saved? Sure you're saved. You're born again? Sure you are. But you can still hold up the blessings of God, the manifest blessing of God because of this one thing. The Bible declares here in the book of Exodus, Exodus 20. I want you to see this. Exodus 20. Now, another way we can dishonor God is by taking his name in vain. Exodus 20, verse 7 says, out of the King James Version, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, that does not mean that you're going to hell because you take his name in vain, because our righteousness is established through Jesus Christ. But what that does say is that the enemy is authorized to keep some things from you because we do not sanctify God in our lives and in our hearts. Let me read that same verse to you out of the Amplified Bible. It will bring a little bit closer to you. It says, this is Exodus 20, verse number seven. The Lord says, you shall not use or repeat the name of the Lord your God in vain. That is lightly or frivolously in false affirmations or profanely. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Using the name of the Lord frivolously, frivolously or lightly. And again, I am guilty of many of these. And I have repented before the Lord. Have you ever said, OMG, you've taken the Lord's name in vain? Oh my God, taking the name of the Lord in vain. Have you ever used the Lord's name to express shock or surprise or disgust? Jesus, oh, Jesus Christ, oh. And some people even use the Lord's name in curse words. You've heard movies say, oh, you scared the bejesus out of me. We hear it so much in our society that it, that it just crept into our lives, crept into our very speech. 
And it's the plan of the enemy to desensitize you so that when you're ready to use the name of Jesus, the name of the Father to cast the devil out or to do work, some miracle or to stand for him, you've been using the name of the Lord so commonly that it, that it loses its luster, loses its brightness, its brilliance in your life. And so when you go to use it against the enemy, it doesn't have the effect that it should have because we have taken his name in vain. We have not sanctified his name. His name is holy. Many of the Orthodox Jews won't even say the name of God. You see in some of their texts there, they may write a G and then a line and then a D. Don't even want to say it. Don't even want to use it unless it's for, unless it's in prayer, unless you're calling on him. So we have the enemy systematically desensitized the culture. Trying to get us to think that it has no power. But the name of Jesus, let me tell you this, the name of Jesus doesn't have power. It is power. When you say the name of Jesus, demons will flee. When you use the name of Jesus, people are healed, they are delivered, captives, chains are broken, and I'm telling you, people's bondages are removed. When you use the name of Jesus, when you call on the name of Yahweh, the name of the Lord, when you call on Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, our healer, our deliverer, when I call on his name, I call the power of heaven, I call heaven's armies to battle on my side, when I call the name of Jesus but if we're using it flippantly using it casually making it common and ordinary the world hears you use it and to them it has no power church we've got to repent I've had to repent. Father, I've done that in, in text messages. OMG, Lord, forgive me. Father, I repent. I've not sanctified your name. Lord God, I repent. I repent, God. The Lord's name is holy. In Romans the 10th chapter, verse number 13, the Bible declares that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Proverbs 18 verse number 10 says the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and is safe. And is safe. We have to honor that name. Sanctifying the Lord in our lives. You can use something so much in casual conversation that when it's time for deliverance, time for healing, it doesn't have the effect that it should. Acts the fourth chapter, verse 11. Acts 4, verse 11. Now the New Living Translation says, For Jesus is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, The stone that you builders rejected has now become the cornerstone, the chief cornerstone. Verse 12, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no 
other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And if we treat that name as common, as ordinary, as a curse word, as we treat that name with some, just another word to express shock and amazement or disgust, then what are we doing? It is not affecting heaven. It's affecting you. It's affecting me. It's like you use some tape. Some of you use duct tape before, right? And you go and you tape it. If you pull it here, and the first time it sticks pretty well. You stick it again, doesn't stick as well. You pull it up. Every time you use it, doesn't, it just doesn't have the same effect like it did before. You're doing that all day long in casual communications. And then you bow the knee and talk to him. Then you're confronted by some horrible area and it just does not have the same effectiveness as it should because we have not sanctified him in our lives. Father, we repent in the name of Jesus. We repent. We have taken your name in vain. In so many ways, we have made you common. We have made you ordinary. Father, we repent in the name of Jesus. Lord, you said you will not hold them guiltless who takes your name in vain. So, Lord, we receive the blood of Jesus of this new covenant to wash that sin away from us. And we ask for your grace, Father. We ask for your grace from this moment forth. Lord, we ask for your grace not to make the same mistakes that we have been making. Lord, we ask for your grace not to offend you, not to grieve you. Lord God, we ask for your grace. It has become such a part of our vernacular, such a part of our culture that we may slip up and do it. But Father, we give you access to our spirit that we would not treat you as uncommon, that we would not treat you as common, rather. We would not treat you as common and ordinary. For you are the great God. And you're worthy of all the praise. You're worthy of all the glory. You're worthy of all the adoration and all the exhortation. You're worthy of our respect and honor. Forgive us, Father. Forgive us. For making you common. We must, we must sanctify the Lord in our lives. One way, another way we also do it is by obeying him. Being obedient. And last let me give you this as we begin to close shortly. We sanctify the Lord by acknowledging him in every area of your life. One of the failures of Israel and and Judah and in the Old Testament church, one of the failures is that when they had a problem, many of the kings, they would go and hire other kingdoms to help them. They would go and make treaties with other nations. Help me defeat so-and-so. Help me defeat so-and-so. They would not call on the name of the Lord. They'd take matters into their own hands. And the father would say, hey, I'm here. Why don't you ask me? They did not sanctify the Lord. Let me tell you, if you need wisdom, ask God. Need to know what to do? Ask him. James, James 1 tells you that. You need wisdom? Ask God. If you need resources, let's look at this. Let's look at Matthew, the sixth chapter, Matthew 6, verse 33. You need money? You need resources? 
The Bible tells you what to do. He says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Why go over here and there and here and there? The Father says, come to me. You sanctify the Lord by going to him. Now, there may be other places he will send you. He may say, go to so-and-so or do this and that and the other. Then that's fine. That's him telling you to do it. But honor him first. Honor him first. If you want to get rid of the devil, the Bible is very plain about what to do. Let's go to James. Let's go back to James. James 4. You don't need to call a shaman. You don't need, you don't need to call a priest somewhere. You don't need to burn sage in your house. People are doing all of this stuff. The Bible is very clear what to do. You want to deal with the devil. He says in verse number, um, uh, verse number seven of James, the fourth chapter, he says, humble yourself rather. Yeah. Humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Humble yourself. That is, give God the greater part. Don't let him be number one in your life. Make him your life. He doesn't deserve to be on a list. Lord, you're first, then this, and that. Don't make him a part of the list. He is the list. He is all in all. Sanctify him. Give him his proper Give him this proper order in your life. He is life. He is strength. He is health. Are you hearing? Verse 8 says, come close to God and, and, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. There's the problem. Verse 9 says, let there be tears for what you have done. My God, we need to cry out, Father, forgive us. Father, forgive us. Let there be tears for what we have, for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord. And he will lift you up in honor. We have to sanctify God. We're going to have to ask the Lord, help me. I don't know how to sanctify you. How do I make you holy in my life? How do I do that? Help me, Lord, help me. I've, I've lived a perverse life for so long. You know, you can come to church, name the name of Jesus, and still live perverted. You have to ask him, help me. Help me. You have to honor the Lord with our entire lives, sanctifying him. If we, his own people, don't do it, then where will he find the honor? If you don't do it, and you say you know him, If you're using the Lord's name in vain, what are they going to do? What hope will they have? That's why the Lord gives us the opportunity to repent. See, we don't know the darkness unless he points it out. He says, look at this. Deal with that. 
It's not for you to feel bad. Oh, God, I can't believe it. And then go off in depression somewhere. It's for you to say, Lord, you know, I'm right. I have been found out. God, heal me. Help me. I turn from this and I turn to you. I acknowledge my sin. I acknowledge my transgression. And I repent before your throne. And I ask for the blood of Jesus to wash the sin away. Because I want to be real with God. I don't need another fake or phony. We must sanctify God in our hearts and in our lives. We must honor him. Let's go to this last verse here in Psalm 103. Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. Psalm 103, verse 1 through 5 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all, not just some, but all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquity. He forgives all of your sins, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeems thy life from destruction. He'll do it. Who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies. In verse 5, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Another way we sanctify God and hear this is to live a life of thanksgiving. No matter how hard it is or how bad it is, always be thankful for the Lord. Because he is present and he is active in your life. He's present and he is active. You thank him. Thank him. You don't know where the money's coming from. Just say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for supplying all of my needs. I know that you are faithful. Your body is hurting. You say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. I know by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed. I appreciate you. Thank you for dealing with my body. Thank you for delivering me. You're honoring him. You're honoring him that is active in your life. He is present and is active in your life. He's not a deadbeat dad somewhere. He is present and he is active in your life. I assure you. He is present and he is active in your life. Honor him. Sanctify him. This is more than just something that happens in, a, in the middle of a church service. Make the Lord holy in your entire life. But you're going to need him to do that. You have to cry out to him because only he knows where all the spots are. Only he knows. And this is one more way today that he shows you that sanctify the Lord today. Don't let this lay in the ditch, this word lay in the ditch. You heard it, oh, it's a good message, oh, it's done, yeah, yeah, yeah. You lay in the ditch and you forget about it. Talk about it. Talk about the word among yourselves. Revisit the scriptures and go before him daily. And as you sanctify God, every enemy will fall at your feet. They will fall like flies before you. If the Old Testament church has told us anything, when they honored God, when Israel honored God, my God, they were unstoppable. They were unstoppable. The presence of God was so upon them, the fire of God failed. They were unstoppable when they honored him. But when they dishonored him, the devil came in in so many ways. And bad things happened. 
I'll tell you today, church, honor the Lord. Sanctify him with your whole life. Let's pray. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name for the word that you've given us today. Lord, I do pray, I do pray, I do pray that your word will be planted in our hearts, that it will be watered and it will produce a tree of righteousness on the inside of us. I do pray, Lord, that it's not a momentary thing, but it becomes a lifestyle. Lord, let your glory shine about us, in us, and through us to effect a change in the world around us. We need you, Lord Jesus, more than ever. I thank you, Lord, for always keeping us safe. In Jesus' name. Now, for those of you that are in this room and, and those of us who are joining us by way of television right now or podcast, radio, however you're listening at this very moment or watching, I want to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life, and to make him your Lord. Maybe today you've realized that you have blasphemed God. You realize that you have fallen short of his perfect glory, and you realize that you have a need for him, a need for for him i need jesus it is not a prayer that will save you it is your faith in christ that will you believe that jesus you believe in this death burial and resurrection that jesus died for you he rose from the grave for you and that he's alive forevermore you believe that he is your savior and your lord you receive him in your heart this is what saves you Believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth the Lord Jesus, God said he'd save you. Now to start you on that journey, we can pray a short prayer together. And I believe that as we pray together, the Father will hear you. Don't worry about your sins. Don't worry about what you've done. Don't worry about all that. Because the Lord Jesus will wash them all away as you receive him. So pray this short prayer with me. I want everybody to pray this prayer with us as we pray. Just say, Father, I come to you a sinner in need of a Savior. I admit that I've done wrong. I have not done all that you've commanded me to do. But I believe in Jesus, in his death, in his burial, and resurrection, and that he is alive forevermore. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to live in me, to make me yours. I receive you as my master, my Lord, and my savior. From this moment forth, I declare, I am yours, you are mine. I thank you for taking my sins away, for making me clean, for forgiving me. Now fill me with your Holy Spirit and give me the evidence of a changed life. I thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my friends, if you pray that prayer with us today, I say to you, welcome to the family of God. Remember, it is not the prayer that saved you. It's your belief in Christ that saves you. It's him that saves you. Prayer starts at Start the car if you would, but you have to go on down the road now and continue your confession in Christ. Amen. Amen. And we will see you all next time right here on the Kingdom Rock Network.
Bye-bye now. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.